Welcome to the 10 for 2 Guy Show. We're your hosts, Stephen Holgate. On today's episode, we have a very, very special guest, a very close friend of mine. Common accomplishments he won at Camp Manitou in 2010 and in 2012. He was the award winner of the Street Hockey Award, classic. In 2012, he won a track and field award, also classic. And in 2013, he was the Lolo Senior Uncle Henry winner. Most recently, the Dean of the 2020 Navy Midshipman. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Zach Bianchi. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, it's great to be here. You guys have had a you guys have had an all-star legendary lineup of people uh leading up to me so it's been uh it's definitely been uh humbling absolutely you're definitely up there with all the all-time greats from this camp i mean dean's a pretty impressive accomplishment so we'll get right into this you want to talk a little bit about just sort of how you found manito what a young camper bianchi was like yeah i found manito actually through a through a recommendation of my mom's friend um but she didn't have she didn't have a kid there. I didn't I didn't know uh, coming in. I knew nobody at camp. I knew zero people. Nine years old, decided you know after I had visited the place, I fell in love with the place. Wanted to go full session, and uh, you know going in not knowing any friends that was pretty daunting for me. I was a pretty shy nine year old, and uh, you know I was very fortunate. I had some I had some great great kids on my bunk. I had Eli Rothschild, uh, Noah Miller, Eric Summer. You know, a, a few names that uh, you guys probably don't even recognize or even remember. I also had uh, some of the best bunk staff uh, up to that point in camp in history. So some of my counselors, I had Brad Somerville as my counselor, Ada Murray. I had Lauren Karp, Ethan Goldstein, who was a unit leader. Uh, I think, was he your unit leader? He, he could have been uh, the unit leader for w- one of the age groups uh, above you or below you at some uh, point. He was our low in our UL. This, right. this predates this predates Holdgate, by the way. Continue yeah, by one summer. One summer, yes. Yeah, so we were definitely a bunk and you know, uh, I was never, ever, ever uh, very good at sports. And you know, growing up at camp, if you're not super good at sports, and if you're not uh, a particularly charismatic kid, or end up in the plays, or end up uh, in the skits or anything like that, I, I definitely flew under the radar for uh, for the entirety of my camper career. Uh, but I was very fortunate. I had, uh, you know, on top of Ada, Brad Somerville, I had Andy Yambat as a counselor my third year. I had Mike Karen as my counselor. I had Mike Calvin as my counselor growing up. So I really had some legendary camp personalities to look up to uh, while I was there. On top of that, uh, I was never, I would say, uh, I would say I was really, really fortunate with the college league teams I was on. I was on Drexel which listening to some of the past podcasts has come up more than once uh, as, you know, hands down one of the greatest teams of all time. You know, Matt, uh, Matt Bernstein, I think he was, I think he was in his early twenties when he was the head counselor at camp. When, you know, you think about the guys that have done it recently, these older guys, you know, uh, you know, late twenties, thirties plus, uh, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, just to think that uh, I was on his college league team growing up, that's the kind of a, that's the kind of role model I had, you know, it, it, it definitely, Definitely reminds me of the guys that, that made me who I am at camp. I was on uh, uh, Al Otadi's Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, one, of the, one of the great, one of the only non-ex-camper deans of my time. Uh, he was great. UNT, uh, only team to clinch in my, in my 13 summers at camp. Oklahoma State, another team full of legends. Josh Katz, one of the guys on that team. Eddie Soto, 
really, really a, a, a lot of great role models, a lot of great leaders that uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, of looking up to, you know, and then all the way up to uh, Iowa State when I was a high-low, uh, LSU, and then uh, Vanderbilt with, with Keith and Eli Rothschild, uh, my CIT summer. And that was, the first, that was the first real taste I had of leadership. You know, like I said, wasn't good at sports, uh, wasn't, wasn't in the plays or in the skits or anything, never won claw, never won qua. Uh, every team does the, uh, you know, you got your tiger of the day. You got your, you got your Navy seal of the day. You got your NC, you know, your, your NC state wolf pack of the day, like whatever it might've been in my, in my 13, in my eight full session summers as a camper, you know, I didn't miss any loops. I didn't, I didn't miss anything like that. I never got any college league recognition, you know, outside of, uh, outside of, you know, whatever, whatever your coach is telling you, or if you ever get any praise from, uh, from the, from the Dean, I never got any kind of meeting place, uh, award or anything like that. And that might be, you know, especially nowadays when, when you think about, uh, how, how I'm, I'm sure there's a correlation between, between winning a claw or winning a claw, maybe even, uh, to, uh, to becoming a Dean. So, uh, I, mean, I, I, certainly... I don't know. We, we can check the numbers on that one. I don't know how true it is. I mean, I'm sure it's like more likely that if you win a claw, you probably have a better chance of getting a Dean spot, but I don't think it's causation by any sense. You know what I mean? I mean Steen? I'd say most, yeah, more Deans are claw winners than not. But even if you go on the past, like Jared never won a claw. You never won a claw. Uh, Brandon Robofsky never won a claw. I don't think Eddie Soto ever won a claw. Eddie Soto never won a claw. Like there are definitely like there are a lot of good deans. Yeah, that's fair. You never won a like. Yeah, I got you. Well, well, either way, you know, either way, I was, I definitely was not a a, a big name on any college league teams growing up, and it it took me it took me a long time. Um. Took me a long time to, to really buy in, not, not buy in. You know, I, I'd always say I was a hustler. I, I was always out there, you know, giving 110% effort, you know, doing the best I could on defense. Making moves, making money, the hustler, Zach Bianchi, yeah. go on. No, there it is. You know, j- just making sure that uh, I, I was taking care of my job as best I could on the field. But, uh, you know, it wasn't until it wasn't until later where college league really uh, captivated me. Would you say like, was that when you transitioned to a counselor or more or less like your later camper years versus high senior CIT year, stuff like that? Yeah. So uh, when I was a, you know, I I used to always uh, try out for the play and nobody ever, I don't think anybody ever, ever trusted me enough to to say, yeah, let's get this kid on the stage. Um, My CIT year, they gave me 10 lines in in Midsummer's Night Dream, second place play on Vanderbilt. Classic play. I I was a great one. You had more lines than I did at the time. We we were like working together, weren't we in that play? Am we were in the, I was I was I was in the first and last scene. Uh, yeah, working, working right alongside you, and and I you know I really enjoyed I, I really enjoyed just having like more of a hand in the team, and 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 just having you know ha- having more of a role outside of just like all right you know you're gonna sub in in this soccer game or, or you're gonna play goalie in this hockey hockey game whatever you know whatever it typically had been, and then coming back my coming back as a counselor, I. I had zero desire. I, I, had, I had zero intention of, of being a dean. You know, frankly, I was scared uh, coming back to JC. You know, anytime when you're a high senior CIT and you have those high senior coverages, especially if it's a if it's a tough bunk, 
you know, that definitely, you know, in my head set a precedent said, all right, this counselor stuff, you know, I'm, uh, I, I do not feel certain at all that, that I'm going to be cut out for this, that this is going to be something I'm going to enjoy doing. If I can interject for a second, what was the reason you decided to come back as a counselor? Like, do you, do you remember the, the decision process from that uh, JC summer or before that JC summer? Yeah. So, I mean, it really was, it really was like, you know, uh, I wasn't going to be doing anything else. And I, I had, I didn't know what to expect. So there was, I, I was worried about, oh, you know, maybe it's going to be too different from camper and I'm not going to like it. But uh, you know, I was, you know, I was more than happy to just go and try it out and see what happened and see what was going to happen. So going, going into my, going into my JC year, you know, they put me in a little sophomore bunk. And uh, I remember the, you know, the only, the only moment, you know, or, or I guess the, the moment where it all kind of uh, started to take off was literally as soon as the campers got there, I walked up to them and I'm like, man, I have no idea what to say to these kids. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like, what, what to talk to them about. You know, are we going to play cards with them or what? No idea. And then I remember uh, like the second I, the second I kind of just got, got the ball rolling, uh, everything, you know, everything came very naturally to me. Uh, it, it was very easy for me and very fun to, uh, for me, uh, you know, to be a counselor with a, and I had a great bunk of nine-year-olds um, and I had great co-counselors. So uh, being a counselor and, and that was something I, I felt taught me a lot. And that was certainly, you know, where I felt uh, I contributed the most to camp was in the bunk. And then as college progressed, like I said before, you know, I really had, I really had no plans on, I, I, I had no, no grand plans for college league. Didn't think I was going to be a Dean. Didn't think I wanted to be one. It wasn't until, it wasn't until uh, Ben Pickman, uh, the Dean of Hawaii, I started working. I, I you know, I started coaching hockey. I, I was doing some stuff in the war room. And as the weeks went on, I was like, man, like going from going from you know, not making a lot of uh, contributions outside of the loops on, on my past eight college league teams and really not feeling like, you know, I, I was never very close with the deans, you know, wasn't close to a lot of the top coaches. I, I didn't feel as, as integrated with the team as, as a lot of these other guys were, you know, uh, the people that did win the clause, the people that. Uh, you know, you know, a war, uh, you know, scoring the most goals in handball and all that. Uh, I, I could, I could tell that, you know, they definitely had bigger roles uh, as, as campers than I did. And that didn't discourage me, but I, I definitely think that added to, you know, me not being quite as captivated by college league uh, when I was a camper. But as soon as I started taking on roles and taking on more responsibility as a counselor, uh, that's when I really started to realize like, all right, like, like this competition that we run here, this, uh, you know, this league and these teams are really a lot of fun to be a part of. And that's when I first saw, that's when I first saw, you know, you know kind of my own potential in uh, what I could contribute and, and, and uh, what I could do for a college league team. So I have, I have a lot, uh, you know, of appreciation for, for pick and, and, you know, the other top coaches on Hawaii, uh, Alex Freeman, Danny Kaplan, uh, you know, Jeremy Abel, those guys really, uh, I, you know, I think allowed me to, uh, allow me to, to to carve out a role on Hawaii and uh, you know give me a you know kind of get my foot in the door in in terms of contributing to a college league team. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think a big part of it is for a lot of people just getting their foot in the door that first time. And I definitely can relate to the part where you're saying like, oh yeah, if you're not the most popular, it's harder to get in. I mean, I was a kid who came as a high inner and then tried to claw their way through all the way through. So 
Um, it, it's definitely can be tough, but getting your foot in the door, I mean, it changed everything. I mean, for me, it was Washington was the team that I got in. For you, it was Hawaii. Steen was probably like, I don't know, Texas uh, when he was a Lolo senior. Uh, I, I wish that was true. I loved Texas, had a great relationship with Dan. He made me feel special. It was awesome. But Georgetown was really the first uh, team to let me in the door. And it was honestly probably one of the same people that helped let Bianchi in the door. Andy Kaplan was a huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge person for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I, I remember Andy was one of those guys I talked to. And, uh, you know, through those conversations I had with those older guys, it really, it, it really opened my mind up to say, all right, you know, uh, listening to them talk about how excited they were to, to keep growing their roles, you know, hearing them, uh, they, they were going to be first coaches the next year and, and their kind of, you know, grand plans to be deans in the long run. That really got me excited. And that really kind of, uh, you know, allowed me to consider like the, you know, the potential that and, and the possibilities that, you know, uh, were going to be in my future. And if I really, if I really set my mind to it and, and, and tried to, uh, tried to, uh, you know, not fall in their footsteps per se, but just make a commitment to camp and, and, and do the best job I could as a counselor and uh, contribute as much as possible to my college league team. And I felt very confident, uh, you know, throughout that summer that, uh, I was going to be able to, uh, I was going to be able to, uh, you know, make an impact and, and, you know, one day uh, get a college league team. I guess let's start to talk about a little bit about that process. 2019, you were on Butler, great summer. And then you go into the off season. It's Dean everything. I mean, I know how it feels just to be all about this process all the time yeah. right now. So, but then you had the world changing event that happens during this off season before your Dean mm-hmm. year with COVID. So you want to talk a little bit, just sort of how like COVID kind of just affected this going through this Dean process with honest, just some uncertainty about whether we would even have a summer or not. Yeah. So, so coming out of actually uh, the, the first, first day of, of summer 2019 testing day uh, you know, at that point, I had really, you know, built up a lot of rapport with, uh, with the, uh, you know, the higher ups, not the higher ups, maybe, but the directors at camp, you know, I had a reputation for just being this hardworking kid, good counselor, uh, you know, the really, yes really, man. I was, yeah, I, you know, at that point I was the yes man uh, already. Um, but, uh, you know, I, essentially I, I kind of, you know, Waldo, Waldo had expressed at that point that, you know, he was very, very confident. Uh, even you know a, a year before that, I was going to be getting a college league team, and that that really helped my confidence a lot, and and, and really uh, you know let me to take the next step in terms of uh, being on Butler, and identifying okay like I know that this is going to happen. Now I need to make sure, and I, and I had some goals in terms of I, I wanted to make sure I was giving, I wanted to be very visible at the meeting place. I wanted to you know tr- start coaching new sports and you know, try to, try to, you know, reach away from the hockey rink a little bit and just try to grow my uh, toolkit and, and make sure that I was involved in, you know, in, in these important processes that, the, that these college league teams do, you know, writing press nights, putting the lineups together, putting the meeting place together, uh, you know, just uh, brainstorming what the culture was going to be and, and, you know, really implementing that culture and, and kind of uh, just cultivating uh, an attitude, uh, you know, that you want the team to have. So, and man, when I uh, when I was on Butler, you know, Ben Salinger made it look easy to to run a team like that, uh, and and you know, and Pickman made it look easy. And and on Alabama, even though we were in, uh, you know, we ended up in, in fourth place, 
you know, I, I think Pretzky did an incredible job. And, you know, he, he just, those are, those are three guys that, you know, made being a Dean look easy. So, uh, and then coming out of, coming out of the 2019 summer, I had a lot of confidence and uh, I was, you know, very, very, very optimistic about my position. And I was very excited about uh, the potential. So once COVID started, well, we had, uh, you know, we, we went back and forth and I was on the phone a lot with, I was on a phone a lot with, you know, Koblen, Levin uh, and Brandon uh, having conversations, like just trying to speculate on, on what the camp was going to do. So uh, one by one, uh, as the months went on, we started hearing these camps were canceling. And at one point, uh, I think I, I, it was Caribou. Once Caribou canceled, uh, I actually, you know, I was, I was so, I, I was not optimistic that uh, camp was going to be able to open. I said, all right, you know, man, I, tell you, I, I know our culture is special and I know we're a great camp. But uh, I was really, really concerned about, you know, the uh, the prospect of, of potentially not opening. And then what would that look like? And I asked Waldo, I said, hey, if we don't open this summer, am I, what am I, uh, what, what's the outlook for next summer in terms of uh, me getting a dean position? And there, there was no, there was no consensus. There was no discussion. It was like, uh, we're not even worried about that yet. So it was really, really concerning. And we interviewed in April and Obviously, you know, they didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to get out a decision before they knew uh, a decision on the deans before they knew whether or not they were going to open. So we were definitely left hanging for, uh, for quite a while on, on, on who the, uh, who the deans were going to be. And then once we got, you know, once we got that call, you know, a little bit before camp, uh, it was go time. Yes. Yeah, Dean, you want to follow up on this? I, I wish I could talk more about 2020, but obviously you guys yeah. know. So, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, so obviously there was a there was a lot of shuffling uh, with the staff that happened. I'm glad you brought that up, Holgate. And you know, uh, Navy there there are some guys that uh, you know there's just different different things that you have to adapt to and different things that uh, you got you got to overcome uh, with the staffing situation on, on any college lead team. And and obviously well, I- COVID exacerbated that. I imagine. I mean, building a strong staff is probably really, really hard. You want to get the guys that are definitely going to come through for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once you once you pin down somebody and you uh, and you start working with them, uh, you know, for months before, you know, it, it really it really does become a game of. All right. Like, like, how much do you trust these people? And, you know, when your back's against the wall and, and you need you need somebody, you need somebody uh, reliable to, to step up to the plate. You know, you just want to make sure those are the right guys. And it's uh, crazy. It's crazy. You know, Keep, so, sorry, you can continue. So, you know, me and Jared going into going into the 2019 summer, we'd actually uh, at the end of at the end of the summer, 20, uh, summer of 2019 uh, is, is when we first had a discussion about, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I think we uh, it, we wanted to, we wanted to work together. I thought we had you know, I, I thought we had kind of similar styles as counselors and. Uh, I, you know, I think we, you know, had a lot of respect and appreciation for each other. So it, it was, it, it was kind of a, it was kind of an obvious choice. And uh, in 2019, we ended up, and this was, this kind of ended up uh, being one of my, uh, when uh, we started drafting, you know, we were putting the draft board together and this would have been, you know, I kind of regard this as one of my bigger mistakes on Navy was we, we did not, we, I mean, me specifically, I neglected to, to pay enough attention to uh, the game coaches, right? So there were guys who, uh, there were guys that 
I cared more about, oh, are, are they going to, are they going to fit the, uh, you know, are they going to fit the, uh, the kind of structure of the team? Are, are they going to complement us well? Uh, are, are they going to complement me and Jared's style well? And there are people that, uh, you know, I, I picked as, uh, you know, I picked to coach specific sports that I felt like there were definitely better, uh, better, you know, more, uh, guys on the board that were more suited. Uh, like a specific example, you know, there are guys like, uh, uh, I think made it clear they want to be in other teams and I respected that, but looking back, let's say how I picked a guy like Neil Schiff to, to be on my team, uh, he would have been, he would have been a significant upgrade. You know, where I was going was, uh, Neil Schiff made it clear he wanted to be with, with 11 and had I, had I kind of undercut that and, and, and picked him anyway, he would have been a huge upgrade at the basketball coaching position for us. And, you know, at the end of the day, Navy would have been in a, in a better position. We had, we had a, uh, uh, a stacked team athletically uh, on paper. We had the, you know, the most, you know, the best team uh, uh, we, we had, we had, you know, the most athletes we had uh, at, at, at the end of the day was a higher rated team. And I, I think we had, uh, we had coaches that, uh, maybe didn't know the kids as well as, as well as the coaches and the other teams did. And, you know, ultimately that's my fault, but, uh, you know, we were, we were points wise, uh, in, uh, you know, in a pretty competitive position, uh, as far as a fourth place team goes the entire summer, the most we went down, uh, I think it would have been 75 or 80 points about, about halfway through the league. So we were, we were definitely right in there, uh, with, uh, with the other teams. I feel like let's backtrack this a little bit, kind of reset the summer almost. Like, just go back from the basic intro. First question I usually like to ask, why did you pick Navy as a team? Like, what inspired you? Because I know there's other teams you were thinking of going in, but what ultimately led you to picking Navy? Yeah, so I definitely went back and forth between uh, between a couple colleges uh, before deciding on Navy. Uh, I think the big two were Michigan State, and yeah, Michigan State w- was the other college that I was really thinking about a lot because when I, you know, in my head, the, you know, the gold standard for college league teams uh, in 2020 would have been uh, USC, you know, kind of what, what I deem as, uh, you know, one of the greatest college league teams of all time. So when I thought about, uh, when I thought about if I, if I wanted to try to uh, not emulate that, but just uh, do the best I could to, to try to put on an experience as, uh, you know, as special and, and, and as well done as that, I, I wanted to go the kind of military direction and, and go with uh, something that was going to be as, condu- as conducive as possible to, to just creating the best, you know, uh, team atmosphere uh, I possibly could. So that's why I was able to narrow it down to, you know, Michigan State Spartans and uh, the Navy Midshipmen, two kind of military uh, related um, mascots. And the school I go to, uh, Massachusetts Maritime Academy. We have these. Uh, the uniforms that we wear are. We're not in the military, but we wear military uniforms, uh, almost like an ROTC brigade, brigade. And I had this. I had this very clean-looking, very neat-looking uh, white uh, summer navy naval officer uniform that I pulled out a few times during the summer. And I had I had the the enlisted uniform, the black uniform that I gave to to Jared. And we pulled those out for, for special occasions during the summer. We put them out for the break, put them out for some big loops, like 
once uh, once Stepikoff enlisted uh, with the midshipmen, uh, we were suited up for that. Put him out for uh, for high senior hoops and uh, a few times uh, here and there, and it definitely just helped me get in the zone. And uh, I I think you know uh, looking the part and and having a having a good gear like good team gear, uh, especially to that extent, uh, definitely helped me uh, you know helped me get even more excited. And I think just it is good for the team to you know to see their leaders and uh, for them to be uh, extra visible at the meeting place and, you know, on the field. So once I, you know, once I, just, that really uh, helped me decide on Navy, like, all right, uh, I think this makes a lot of sense. And once the league started and we weren't, uh, you know, right away, we, we fell for, we fell to last place and uh, going, uh, going into the summer, you know, I was very confident, but you know, we had some coaching woes. We had some, we were losing a lot of close games. So instead of going for that super serious, you know, kind of military theme, uh, it, it didn't take us long for, uh, it, I think it was Cooper Wells uh, made, the, uh, made the first wavy Navy sign at the meeting place. And uh, the team made a very, uh, made a very quick transition from, from just Navy to uh, the wavy Navy. And that really, you know, I, th- I think that twist made it, uh, made a lot of fun and uh, maybe made the team a little bit more uh, palatable for a lot of the guys that maybe, maybe I think, you know, the serious military attitude uh, isn't as, isn't as uh, easy to have fun with if you're not, if you're not in first place or if, if you're not, uh, you know, that kind of attitude. And I think, I think the wavy Navy fit my, fit my, uh, uh, yeah, definitely fit my kind of style and, and fit the team a lot better than than without it would have. I think that definitely also speaks to the fact that like you can prepare as much as you want to for like a college league team, but as soon as campers get there, as soon as you get your roster, everything changes. Like I'm sure Wyoming had this perfect envisionment of what their team was going to be. I'm sure Loyola had that. Obviously, you had that with your militaristic um, approach. But then as the summer goes on, you just realize, yeah, the kids dictate it, and so much can change that I don't know it's hard to plan perfectly going forward and I mean you can see that I'm sure Steen did you notice that on Loyola at all yeah there's definitely certain things where like we had this vision of this team that Zach Robbie and I had worked out before camp got there and then it comes and you get your staff you get these kids and it's just like everything changes a little bit but like yeah. on that note like if I want to ask this I should have no idea where I was going on that question. Well, where what I wanted to say was, you know, it's definitely important. Like, uh, you know, going into 2020, I had I had pages and pages and and and, and documents, documents uh, about uh, speech ideas and meeting place ideas and press night ideas and uh, ideas for what we're going to do in, in in the playhouse and and what we're going to do, you know, at the swim meet and the track meet, and and all that is I I think is very valuable, but. Uh, you know, what ended up happening is the league was only 24, 2020 was only, uh, 2020 college league was, was three and a half weeks, 24 days long. And if that stuff wasn't, you know, we had all that stuff laid out, but if, you know, you didn't have the, uh, if you didn't have the supply on standby, if you didn't have the, uh, you know, the kind of uh, everything you needed on standby and ready to go at a moment's notice, 
it, it was really hard to pull off, you know, a lot of the ideas that, uh, that I, <clears throat> that I had. And, you know, we ended up just uh, really kind of having uh, to do a lot of it on the fly because we had, we had so little time on uh, that summer. I mean, that's totally valid. Uh, I can't speak to it because I wasn't there, but Steen, go ahead. It was definitely the same thing for us on Ohio State. Like we had all these mass, like before the summers, me, Brandon, Zach, and Danny planning all these different things. And we had an idea of what we wanted to do. And then we're like, we only have three and a half weeks. And yeah, you have to cut some things. You have to shore in some things. You can't do everything you want to do, which was unfortunate. But I don't know. I still think you did a really good job. Like, I thought you guys adjusted well. And I can say for being a high soft counselor that year, like at least in lower camp, like kids had fun on the team. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Yeah. So you're a high soft counselor. Our high sophomores, we had Grayson Chrysler, Jack Baker, Billy Stern, Wiley Stern, Mason Poland, uh, James Goldblatt. You know, we had some, we, we had some great, great kids in that, uh, in that division. And that was another cool thing about, about 2020 was, Camp was camp was small that year, and I felt like I felt like even though uh, you know we had we had two less you know two weeks less than than the teams do typically, uh, it, it was it was really like those you know those smaller divisions and, and those smaller teams made it a little bit uh, a, a little bit you know more tight knit uh, for the duration of the league. So, and then on top of that, you know everybody was so excited to get to camp. Uh, you know, twenty twenty at, at least how I remember it, that was one of the best summers, if not the best summer that, that camp had ever put on. So I think everybody, uh, you know, had a lot of, had a lot of great memories from that team. And uh, also, I mean, the high sophomores you know, had guys like, you know, the Chris Olazaba was on our team. Anytime. And I guess not just for the high sophomores, but all across the board, anytime you ask any kid from any division, uh, who do you want coaching you? They wanted Olazaba. Looking back, I should have had him. I should have had him speaking at, at every single meeting place. There you go. There you go. Um, so I guess now that like we've kind of hit all the points in Navy. Well, I mean, I'll ask this: Is there anything else you kind of want to talk on Navy about? Like maybe the Navy Pres Night, something like that. Oh yeah. So the Navy Pres Night. Um, I was so once we once we added Stepikoff, mm-hmm. Stepikoff really helped us. Like uh, really helped us narrow down like what our identity was going to be. You know what we needed to do to make sure that this experience was as good as it could be for the kids, uh, and and you know he, he really helped uh, give me a lot of guidance and 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 really put the team in the place where we needed to be to to make sure it was it was as memorable as it could be in that you know everybody was in a position to succeed. So, uh, and at that point, you know, uh, uh, going into Pres Night, we were only down thirty two and a half points to first place. We, we totally were within valid. one song. Totally and valid. It was a very close league that year. From that was, was that was, the league was tight that year, and and we felt we felt good about our stuff. You know, uh, we didn't we didn't end up seeing any success on Pres Night, but but the night of and and backstage of the uh, backstage of the theater, uh, we felt good. You know, I, I I definitely felt good, and I was proud of the. You know, I, I was you know, I, in the end, I really liked our cheer. Uh, I liked our AMA a lot, and I liked our skit. Step actually, and I, th- I think a lot of teams, I think a lot of teams had this moment where the uh, the morning of the morning of press night, you know, you you, uh, you, you perform your uh, in, in press practice, you perform your you know cheer fight AMA whatever. Step walks up to me, 
first press practice, he goes, yeah, Zach, uh, that ama we just did was, was bad. And it is not where it needs to be. And I said, yeah, I think, I think it's far from where it needs to be. So we actually had that last week, that last week we had uh, several loops. We had the scavenger hunt uh, and we also had our play. So where other teams uh, had, had a few more, had a few more uh, man hours to allocate towards setting up their, uh, setting up their uh, independent press practices at nights. We, uh, you know, like our CITs were practically like we're running lines, you know, most of our, most of the leaders are camping around lines. We had guys at, we had guys in the woods outside of the great fortress, outside the, uh, the staff lot, getting the set ready. Uh, uh, you know, we got we guys in the theater, you know, cutting lumber, m- making sure everything was, uh, w- was going to be in place for the summer. I mean, uh, make sure everything was going to be in place for the play. So, uh, we didn't have, we didn't have the same. Uh, ability to 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 drill our uh, our press songs into our team the way that uh, the other three did. Fortunately, we had we had a very short cheer and, and we had a very uh, easy to learn fight. So I'm actually big on a short cheer. I don't think that's the style nowadays. But um, yeah, thanks Loyola seven minute cheer. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Yeah, but um, uh, our ama our our ama the uh, the the lyric memorization the morning of press night. Uh, was was not present, so we spent that entire day running through the Yama, uh, and it, it was a climb by Miley Cyrus. And the other thing, uh, looking back, you know, we definitely uh, having live music played is important. Uh, definitely adds to the uh, to the performance. But you know, in the back of my head, I said, "Oh man, like uh, Stepikov had such a bad experience on BC with the live music. I don't think I want. I don't think I want to push our luck with it." And uh, I definitely think we should have, but um, uh, going no live music on the AMA, I, I think took away from uh, from uh, how good it was, how good it was lyrically. And uh, I felt like, uh, but I, you know, other than that, you know, I, I was proud of our presidents. Still hoping at some point that we'll be able to uh, see those videos. So going down to going down to the main basketball court. You did uh, eleven. Yeah, word on the street is is, is Levin has has a, a four hour or a four or five hour chunk of, of video of the Prez nights, but it's it's like impossible to send out anywhere because it's like it's like many many gigabytes of storage. But um, yeah, he just needs someone to count, pay someone to come and cut it up. Yeah, something like that. Um, but where I was going was the energy was so high. Uh, going down on the main basketball court, and that's when, that's when uh, uh, two of the best, two of the best decisions I made on Navy, uh, Ben Spillman and Ellis Wells, uh, brought out this you know this huge uh, portable speaker, and our our meeting place breakdown every day of the of the summer had been had been Dior by Pop Smoke. And that started when CEO Chris Olazabo walks up to me, loop one, uh, after, you know, we assigned him to run the music. He said, hey, Bianchi, what do you want? What do you want to end the meeting place? I said, I, whatever you want, Olazabo, just, you know, get the people going. And that ended up being Pop Smoke, uh, who, who kind of, you know, played a role in our team identity uh, in a lot of ways. So uh, the team was, team was very used to uh, hearing Dior. Most of the kids knew the lyrics at that point. 
and we were, you know, we were mosh pit into uh, Dior by Pop Smoke, waiting for the results to be read. And on top of that, uh, one of our recurring meeting place segments uh, was celebration of the day, Sally of the day, uh, that was that was given to us uh, by Puff Puff uh, before every loop. And uh, he gave us a celebration. Uh, you know, either it could have been. Uh, uh, it could have could have been you know after you score a goal after you make a big play on defense uh, after you win the game whatever it might have been and uh, team started doing those in the mosh pit uh, dancing to Dior singing to Dior uh, energy was high you know we were having a lot of fun uh, before the scores got read out uh, you know uh, and then Waldo reads the Pres night scores uh, sends Notre Dame to the lake and we ran up to the hockey rank and uh, you know had a few people speak and, and and that was that yeah i mean it seems like navy all things considered had a pretty good run i mean i, I wish i was there to see it i, I fully i publicly want to apologize for not being there that <laughs> summer because it, it's tough you know but uh, it is what it is it's hard yeah you know, that's all um but what is it like at least being able to come back in summer 2021 to see a little bit of navy again transfer into wyoming what, what was that kind of process like so i made a made a very unexpected return uh, uh towards the end of first session don't lie to me you knew you were coming back the entire time <laughs> no so uh, i had a you know i was working with a government contractor uh with the uh a company that makes the uh attack submarines for the navy and i ended up ended up quitting that about uh about five weeks into it and and, and driving straight to driving straight to manitou so Seeing the Wyoming guys, you know, uh, I think, uh, I, I, I think Wyoming did a really, really, really good job in a lot of ways of you know getting that culture together and 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 really making it feel like a family. Jared, you know, you know yourself, uh, you know Fishman, the other Wyoming guys, you guys absolutely killed it, absolutely killed it, and I didn't see, I didn't see it all. I mean, you guys were maybe in Manon as well, maybe Navy guys, but there was no, there was no Navy in that team. Uh, you know, there were, I'm sure there was a lot of things that, that, that Manon and, and, and Perrin and yourself learned from, from that summer. But uh, there was definitely, you know, two completely, completely uh, different uh, energies, completely different vibes uh, from Navy and Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can also say like, what was the return to uh, camp in 2021, like being on the other side of it, not on a college team. How did that feel? So, so 2020 was a, was a, you know, even though it was, it, it was a short summer, there were, it, there were a lot of challenges. It was very tiring. Uh, a lot of late nights on the call, you know, working on, you know, working on whatever we were putting together for the college league team for Navy and, you know, c- coming back on the other side and, really being able to take it easy and, and, and really not having any pressure on me last summer. Uh, I had, I, I, I had a great time at camp actually, you know, and also, you know, the, the there was a, uh, you know, uh, a short staff last summer. So they were definitely very happy to have me back, even though I didn't make it in, you know, I didn't uh, make it in time for the start of camp. Uh, but I, I felt like, I, I felt like uh, I was really able to uh, really able to get a lot of closure because I had left, I had left camp the night of the night of Pres Night, December before. You know, after the meeting place, you know, myself and a few of the CITs from Navy, we uh, we went to the dining hall, found some ice cream, and then and then I, I drove home right after that. So, 
it was definitely nice to be able to come back and and, and reconnect with my campers and uh and, and just have you know another summer to uh another summer to to really process and uh you know just have another great uh summer and, and have another great experience at camp so and also being able to see the the pres nights and it, being able to to just relax and and, and really just enjoy what was what the, what the teams were performing on Pres Night. That was that was really something. And you know, going back to Wyoming, uh, you know, Navy, we were proud of our Pres Night. We didn't we didn't win anything, and I didn't I didn't feel like any of our stuff should have won. Wyoming had a phenomenal Pres Night, one one of the best Pres Nights uh, I've seen in my in my in my thirteen summers at camp. It, it was really I was really really impressed with what with what that team put together, and certainly more so. Uh, than uh, with uh, you know what Navy put together, and I, th- I just think that's like you know one of the ways that uh, even though they weren't in it on Pres Night, definitely one of the ways that that uh, you know Jared and Wyoming outdid Navy. So, uh, but yeah, coming back uh, for that summer was definitely definitely a treat. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, as we're nearing the end of this uh, episode, we kind of like to finish every segment with uh, a bit of a shout outs or a bit of thank yous for camp. So if you have any, by all means, go ahead. I want to shout out, I want to shout out Ethan Manon right away. Get a lot of flack on this podcast from the two of you. So I'm going to well reverse that. Very well deserved flack. One of the, one of the greatest moments on Navy was the college league cookout. Uh, I think it, I think it would have been a week before pres night. Uh, Navy obviously gets placed at the waterfront. And we got Ben Spillman and Ellis Wells running the grills, doing an incredible job. After that, Ethan Mannon rounds up a couple of the lifeguards on Navy. And we have, we have a, a, a Navy team free swim in pool three, watching the sunset on a, on a beautiful night on East Pond after eating some incredible food. Um, and then after that, we, we get out of the water and the, the team of judges that had, that had been judging each pres night and decide, not each pres night, uh, each cookout and deciding who wants it. Oh, by the way, you guys won. You all get Klondike bars. So, uh, you know, that's just one of the, you know, very special moments that, that man and uh, can take personal responsibility for. Uh, uh, obviously I have a, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of memories of the uh, CIT class that we had. Uh, Dylan angles pretty much won uh, a, a game coaching soccer actually uh, replaced man in mid game as soccer coach. And after taking over, turned the game around and, and, and won the game for us. And uh, also uh, Steen, I, I smoked you in, in Kahoot. Uh, I don't remember how many points it was for, but it was, uh, it, it was the, it was pretty much the, uh, the Kahoot game of the century where uh, I definitely, definitely put a beat down on you. And, uh, you know, considering that you're the you're the all time all time oh. trivia great at camp, you know, up oh. there with Walt Steen, I was definitely very proud of that. And Steen, uh, do we have a rebuttal, <laughs> Zach? You can't make shots at his head like that unless uh, <laughs> you can hear you can hear a rebound. I mean, like Bianchi did beat me. I will gladly give him that. I think he should have beat me by a little more. Considering <laughs> the question was who was the fastest kid in his particular year <laughs> in a certain event it was like, which one of the four deans had the fastest 25 free time as high intermediates. And I'm like, 
I was 10. I had no idea who any of these four people were when I was 10. Zach, who, who did have the fastest 25 uh, free time out of the four deans? Uh, that would have been, uh, it would have been uh, Brandon Robotsky for sure. Wow. Wow. Good memory. <laughs> Steen, that's why I beat you. Come on. You, you got to know that stuff better. Come on. He beat me. He earned the win. Uh, I think it was a three-point Kahoot game. No, it, it, it was it was definitely it was definitely tight, and um, and yeah, but but no, I uh, you know appreciate you guys uh, what you guys do for camp with the uh, with the podcast. I know uh, it's a it's a, certainly a, certainly a stacked uh, dean candidacy that uh, or, or a dean candidate class that you know the two of you are are competing in, and uh, I I definitely am rooting for both you guys and. And, you know, hope that we, uh, we, we get some, some answers soon. As always, Zach, appreciate the sentiment. Uh, it was a wonderful episode. So thank you so much for coming on. Steen, anything else to say? As always, stay marvelous, Manitow. Peace.